Welcome from all of us at Albuquerque Reformed Church, a particular congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church located in New Mexico. We thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. For more information about Albuquerque Reformed Church or to contribute to its ministry, visit abqreformed.org. And now, we invite you to open your Bible and listen to the preached word. We are going through this uh, wonderful gospel from past now almost more than a year. Yeah, I think more than a year. We are going through the gospel of Luke. And uh, I think it is a wonderful privilege for us uh, to hear the word of God preach week after week. And uh, God speaking to us uh, through his word and the time we spent together meditating on these words. And uh, God uh, does speak to us in a very living uh, way to us. And uh, these words which we find in the scripture are not dead words. Uh, The Spirit of God uh, takes these words and applies it uh, uh, to the heart of believers. And uh, sometimes in a sense it's discriminatory. Uh, On one Sunday, it may speak to a particular person in a very special manner. And to other, it may just come pretty normal or average. But uh, the Spirit of God always uh, uses the words of Scripture uh, to speak to His people. So it is a great uh, privilege for, for us to sit under the preaching of God's Word week after week. And uh, last time, a couple of weeks ago, we looked uh, at the glory of the King Jesus in chapter 9 from uh, verses uh, 28 to verses 36. Then we looked at uh, five things uh, which Christians often ignore in their discipleship uh, from verses 37 to 62. And these uh, five things sometimes slow us down in our walk with Christ. Uh, Those five things were, uh, uh, first, not having Christ and his uh, cross as the main focus of our life. Uh, Sometimes, often we forget uh, uh, that the center of our Christian faith is Christ and his cross. It is just not a mere religion. Uh, Christ and his cross is uh, is the central thing of Christianity. Then the second thing we looked at was lack of humility. And then the third thing, lack of charity. Then last time we saw uh, the fourth and fifth thing, uh, not leaving vengeance to God. And uh, lastly, not counting the cost. So five things, uh, these five things greatly hinder the believers from gr- growing in their daily walk with Christ and their effectiveness as his witness. And, uh, and their effectiveness as his witness, witness of Christ. Sometimes we are poor witness of Christ in our daily life, in our daily walk. We are poor witness of Christ. Now this week, we are going to look at uh, Christ's commission to his people. How to carry out that commission and what to expect. Christ's commission to his people, how to carry out that commission and what to expect. What we are going to see today uh, in these verses is this, that Jesus calls you to carry his gospel to everyone 
who does not know him as he has promised to lead you in this endeavor. Jesus calls every one of us to carry his gospel to everyone who does not know Jesus. And he has promised to be with us. He has promised to be with us. This we are going to see under two headings. Uh, uh, first, manner of gospel missionaries, uh, verses 1 to 8. And then the message of gospel missionaries. Manner of gospel missionaries and message of gospel missionaries. Manner of uh, gospel missionaries. Uh, look at verses 1 to 8. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to guard. The first thing which you notice here is that Jesus appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city uh, where he himself was about to go. Now, first thing, there is a textual variant here. ESV and uh, some other translation, if you are holding to ESV, it would read uh, 72. And uh, I have the NKGV. Uh, it says uh, Jesus uh, chose uh, 70, 70 of his disciples. And I personally think that 72 was a scribal error and uh, 70 is the uh, correct number. We have uh, enough uh, manuscript in support of uh, uh, 70. At the same time, there are some manuscript which has got 72, but I think it, it is a scribal error and the correct number is 70. Jesus uh, spoke, uh, Jesus chose 70 of his disciples. Genesis chapter 46 verse 27 says that all the persons of the house of Jacob who went to Egypt were uh, 70, uh, 70, 70 people. Moses had 70 elders with him when he went to meet uh, with God on that mountain. In the transfiguration even, we saw Moses and Elijah speaking to Jesus about the exodus which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Here, Jesus choosing the 70 is symbolizing Jesus reconstituting a new Israel. A new Israel. A few weeks ago, we saw Jesus uh, sending out his 12 apostles to preach the kingdom of God uh, in chapter, uh, chapter 9. And uh, he gave them power and authority over uh, demons uh, and authority to cure diseases. Now, Jesus is sending 70 of his disciples. The first thing which we learn here is that evangelism belongs to everyone. Evangelism belongs to everyone. We don't know the names of these uh, 70 disciples. We don't uh, have much details about them. And uh, neither we know of uh, they having any special office, unlike the apostles. But uh, we just know that Jesus sent them to preach the kingdom of God. In a similar way, evangelism is not just limited to pastors and elders. It, uh, it belongs to all. All are called uh, to preach the kingdom of God. It is the collective responsibility of all believers to share the message of Jesus and uh, make the best use of their time and resources. You are called to share about Jesus to your friends and co-workers and neighbors and uh, relatives and brothers uh, and sisters and 
all others, those who don't know him. Now, it is a difficult task and it is not easy to share the gospel, especially with those uh, who try to avoid you, those who don't want to hear you. But the Apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 6 that we should always be ready with the gospel of peace as part of the whole armor of God. So it is not an option. Paul makes it very clear that we should we should always be ready with the gospel of peace as part of the whole armor of God so that when there is an opportunity, when God opens the heart of that co-worker on that particular day and he asks you the hope, what is in you, that you are ready to give him or her the gospel. So you should always be prepared to give the gospel to everyone. Jesus sent them uh, two by two. Now, there is a great advantage of uh, sending people two by two because alone you are vulnerable. Uh, you are lonely and you may not be very productive. But uh, when you go out two by two, you have, you have a company. You have encouragement. You may be weak in uh, one area, but your uh, friend, uh, you know, fellow co-laborer, uh, he will be able to help you. He may be weak in one area. You will be able to help him. So that's why Jesus uh, sent uh, 70 of his disciples uh, two by two. Because then they could uh, mutually support and encourage each other. The second thing which we notice here is the priority of prayer. Priority of prayer. Look at verse 2. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his uh, harvest. Some read, uh, therefore, complain the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. But that's not what it is re reading. It says, pray that the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his uh, harvest. Often it is... Uh, easy to be discouraged by seeing few people come to church. We all get discouraged. Uh, we share the gospel, we show hospitality, love of Christ to people, but uh, people still reject Christ. Uh, parents uh, uh, persuade their children, uh, uh, persuade their children, and um, children often go astray. And that's a sad reality. Our own uh, relatives uh, uh, we share the gospel with them, love them, uh, persuade them. Uh, but they say no. And often we get discouraged. But when Jesus looks at the landscape, he sees a great harvest. Jesus, he sees a great harvest. He sees plenty of souls who would respond to the gospel. One here, one there. And one after many years, but he see people coming to him, coming to him in faith. Uh, in the in the Acts of the Apostles, uh, Jesus said to Paul, uh, "Do not fear. I have many people in this city. Keep on preaching. Do not fear. I have many people in this city. The problem is not the lack of harvest, but the problem is the lack of qualified laborers." The problem is lack of zeal uh, among us, among his people. We should, uh, the solution of this is prayer. 
Jesus calls us to pray. Often we pray for all our uh, physical needs, material needs, and it's okay, it's good. We should be praying for the sick. We should be praying for our material needs. We should be praying for our for our troubles. Um, uh, we are we are taught that uh, pray for all things, uh, pray for all things without being anxious. Uh, but at the same time, we have a greater responsibility to pray for His kingdom. Even in Lord's prayer, the first thing is God and His kingdom. Then comes the personal need. First thing, God and his kingdom. Jesus uh, taught his disciples, uh, those whom he was sending, that they need to pray. Prayer is the first thing. If you pray for more labor, more labor means more proclamation. And more proclamation means a greater harvest. You have more laborers, you have more people who would proclaim the gospel, then you would have a greater harvest. The third thing which we learn from this passage is the presence of danger for the disciples of Christ as they proclaim the gospel. The priority of prayer, prayer, and now the presence of danger. Verse 3, go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. There is always danger involved as you give the gospel to the lost. There are some who are going to vehemently oppose you. And why they oppose you? They realize because uh, if you keep on sharing the gospel, and if people are delivered from their bondage, if, if they are one of those abusers, if they are uh, the perpetrator, they are always afraid. You know, uh, you know, people hearing the gospel they may be delivered from their bondage. That's one of the primary reasons why people oppose the gospel vehemently. They're angry because they are going to lose that control. They are going to be exposed. Their sin is going to be exposed. And nobody likes their sin to be exposed. Nobody likes uh, to lose that control which they have in people. So Jesus warns his disciples that there is always going to be danger uh, uh, that uh, you are going to be torn apart. People are going to vehemently oppose you and they are going to say all kinds of evil things, even things which are not true about you. They are going to say all kinds of false, falsehood, false things. There are going to be people who are going to, uh, who are going to tear you apart verbally. If not physically, they are going to tear you apart verbally. That's what wolves do. They tear sheep apart. There are places in the world where you could be literally killed and attacked if you share the gospel. Jesus is saying that he is sending you as lamb among the wolves. He is uh, saying this because he does not want uh, his disciples to have wrong expectations. It is better that they, they would have right expectation. It is, uh, it is better for you that you, you would have right expectation. You know, sometimes people just, you know, um, come out of the conference and they get uh, overexcited and uh, they just go out and full of zeal. They think like they preach and everybody is going to convert. <laughs> but then a uh, few weeks and few months when they see the hardship, uh, then they run away. Because their expectation was not set right. You need to have right expectation when you go. There are going to be people who are going to oppose you. But 
you should never forget that you are never alone. If you are the sheep, then Jesus is the shepherd. If you are sheep, then Jesus is the shepherd. And as a good shepherd, he is able to protect you. As a good shepherd, he is able to chase every wolf out of the way. Even if persecution comes your way, even if people say all kinds of evil thing against you, as you witness Christ, then if, uh, if they say, then he has allowed it. He has allowed it. He has a purpose behind it. Maybe through those, uh, uh, maybe uh, through those uh, opposition, uh, through those opposition and through those struggles uh, which you will go through, uh, he will convert many. That may be a witness uh, to uh, the enemies of the gospel. But Jesus is always uh, with his people when they carry out his great commission. Even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has promised to be with you. The fourth thing, the fourth thing which we learn here is the promise of provision for the laborers. He, sa he says, carry neither money back, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. I think if, uh, even if we go, even on a day's trip, short trip, like even in, if a day's trip, I think most of us would take our like laptop bag and maybe a kind of, you know, uh, sandals, maybe if you're staying overnight, one pair of clothes and uh, things like that. But Jesus is saying here that either, that like carry neither money back, like no uh, uh, credit card, debit card. It's like knapsack, like no bags, no sandals. And on top of that, greet no one along the road. But Jesus says, take none of these things because all what you need will be provided to you. Jesus could say that because he is God. He is God. Uh, he is, uh, if he is God means that he is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is omniscient. That means he knows all things. He knows even the minutest of things. Even the smallest of small things which we need, he knows. And if he is sending and if he is saying, then we can confidently go on the mission on which he is sending us. Now, this was a very special instruction given during a very special time when our Lord was on the earth. It was never, it was never meant to be a norm uh, for the church age. Because in Luke uh, chapter 22, verse 36, we read that Jesus said to his disciples that uh, first he asked them, about this incident, like when you didn't take anything, did you lack anything? Uh, they said no. But now I say to you uh, that uh, he who has a money bag, let him take it and likewise a knapsack. So it was never a norm. But at that point of time, he told his disciples uh, to take none of these things because these things will be provided uh, for them. But one thing which we can learn from this even now is that our Lord is able to provide for those 
who are called to labor in the mission field, even if their sending church is not fully able to meet all their needs. The sending churches are supposed to support its missionaries, but at times sending churches are not fully able to support its missionaries, and that's the truth. And if the Lord has called you, then you will have to trust that he will supply all your needs. Jesus sent his disciples. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, And if the Lord has called you, then you will have to trust that he will uh, supply all your needs. A uh, few weeks uh, ago, uh, one person asked me, how many people you have in your church? <laughs> I said, like, maybe somewhere uh, 12 to 15 on a Sunday we gather. And that person asked me, I was like, how is that church supporting you? That was the first question. How is that <laughs> church supporting you? But the, but the thing which I want to confess is that even though we are, we are such a small church, all my needs are met. Hallelujah. Even though this is a small church, we have few people, the person was surprised that uh, the church is still able to support me. And the truth, uh, truth is that it was Christ who called me. And when he calls, he provides. You forget all about ifs and birds and the number of people. Even if there are few people, he is able to fully support. And that's what we read here when he said to his disciples, go, do not, do not take all of these things. When he is saying these things, when he said this, he... He meant that he is going to supply all their needs. And that's the same encouragement which we have. If Christ calls, he is going to be with us in our trials. He is going to provide for us. He is going to open the doors for us. Jesus sent his disciples to various towns in Israel. And the disciples were not, to, were not supposed to waste their time in uh, greeting people on the road. And uh, they were not supposed to waste, the, waste their time in trying to think about their backpack or the provision uh, for the journey. They were to be uh, quick uh, in their commission, wasting no time in secondary things. In ancient Near Eastern greeting, uh, greetings would be elaborate. And it would take time and perhaps people would, uh, even if you meet someone uh, on the road, they may call home, come, uh, have some, cup, have a cup of tea or something else. But Jesus said, greet no one, waste, don't waste your time in secondary things, go to these uh, towns. Uh, they, were to, uh, they, were to, they were to be quick uh, as uh, they were going to their destination. The fifth thing which we learn here is the peace of welcoming the kingdom and being content with the provision. The peace of welcoming the kingdom and being content with the provision. Look at verses 5 to 8. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as, eat such things as are set before you. The disciples of Jesus were to travel light and they had to knock on the doors of people once they entered a particular town. The instruction was simple afterwards. They just had to say, 
peace to this house. Peace to you, peace to this house. And if a son of peace lived in that house, their peace would rest on him and he would invite them in. What is a son of peace or who is a son of peace? A son of peace is one who receives Christ and his disciples. A son of peace is one who receives Christ and his disciples. In verse 16, Jesus says, He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. A son of peace is one who receives Christ and has peace with God. If you will receive Christ today, then you will have peace. There are many people who do not have peace. It's because they do not receive Christ. They reject him. They ignore him. That's why they do not have peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world uh, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus said, Peace I give to you. Jesus gives peace to all who comes to him. And those who receive him, they are the sons and daughters, sons of peace, son and daughter of peace. If you do not have peace today or you have trouble, then perhaps you are not coming to Jesus or perhaps you have not received him. But he invites you to put your trust in him. You receive him by faith and you will have peace that surpasseth all understanding. Here Jesus says to his disciples that they are going to find people who will invite them to their houses and will provide for all their needs. They just need to be faithful in their calling and content with what they have. That means they should not go house to house for better provision or for better hospitality. Oh, I don't like my hospitality in this particular house. I don't like the bed or I don't like the shower. No, you should not be complained. <laughs> You're the you are my disciples. That's not the uh, main thing. That's not your main goal. Your main goal is to go and proclaim that the kingdom of God has come uh, near you. You should not be complaining for the food, even though you might not be uh, you might you might not be someone who likes ham. But if they put ham before you, just eat it. Don't ask questions. <laughs> Don't ask if it is kosher. <laughs> just eat it. That's what Jesus says here, that whatever they said before you, just eat. Drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. You are faithful in your work. Um, you will be provided for all what you need. Do, do not go from house to house. Eat such things as are set before you. They were to be content with what they received and fulfill the task for which they were sent. This was to be their manner of going to this mission Jesus was sending them to. And this is the uh, same calling which we have as the people of God. We are called to uh, share the gospel uh, with every living creature. We are called to go wherever uh, Christ has placed us, wherever we travel, we go. Always carry the gospel with you. Share the gospel and your manner of life should show, our manner of life should show that be, we belong to Christ. We are, uh, we are easy peasy people. <laughs> we are easy to please. Uh, we are easy uh, to please. 
we are easy to please and this must be our manner as we witness Christ to uh, all our friends and neighbors and uh, with whomever whomever we meet now we would look at the message of the gospel missionaries from verses 9 to 16 now we look at their message and work their message and work was simple it is a word and deed ministry earlier we had seen the same instruction which jesus gave to the 12 apostles they were to care for the body by healing the sick and and casting the demons and care for the soul by proclaiming the gospel healing the body also authenticated their message that it came from god now the 70 has the same instruction similar to what was given to the 12 they were to heal and proclaim that the kingdom of god has come near them now for for some of us this phrase the kingdom of god has come uh, near you may not make uh, much sense in today's world but for a first century jew it meant that the messianic kingdom has come within their lifetime they were looking for that messianic kingdom and for them this phrase meant that the messianic kingdom of uh, of god has come within their lifetime hagai chapter 2 verse 7 says and i will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and i will fill this temple with glory says the lord of hosts the disciples proclaiming that the kingdom of god has come near them meant that the messiah whose the desire of all nations has come within their lifetime and their healing authenticated the message with which they spoke in his name now we cannot heal people just as the disciples heal that's the fact uh but we are still care, we are still called to care for the body as well as the soul we are uh, we are called uh, to pray for people we we are called to pray for the sick we are called to pray for those who are in distress and through our prayers god is able to even to heal people that's why we pray whenever the gospel uh goes to a uh, continent or village or town or nation where the gospel had where the gospel not had much root often god performs miracles often he heals as an answer to prayer it it happens often i have heard testimony in africa in asian nations in latin america sometimes uh, god does uh, wonderful things he still heals as an uh, as an as a result of uh, our prayer so we are called to uh, pray uh, we are called to pray we are uh, called to care for people's needs we are care, we are called to care for the body as well as soul philip raiken in his commentary uh, in his commentary talks about one worker in vietnam who explained how god uh, saved him through the love of the people of god the worker says that his first encounter with jesus was uh, when he was in his ninth grade so uh, he had a motorcycle accident with a christian brother so he was uh, uh, going on a motorcycle uh, he was riding with a christian brother and they had a motorcycle accident but neither of them was seriously injured although their bikes were total the brother offered praise to god above he thanked god lord we met with this accident but uh, neither of us are seriously injured this deeply impressed the student but he didn't think about it again until after he had graduated and come to hanoi seeking work 
God arranged various circumstances so that brothers and sisters were were instrumental in meeting his physical needs. Means he would come with, without a job uh, and knowing no one in that city. But uh, Christian brothers and sisters they helped him, they prayed for him, and their care spoke eloquently to his heart. And he read the New Testament over and over. to learn more about their world view that what these christian people uh, believe think and how they act they invited him to a sharing service at the local church and that night he truly met and accepted jesus christ now he works in an orphanage sharing love with the children there you see it was the gospel message that ultimately saved this young man but it was through the genuine love and care of the people of god that spoke to him it was through the genuine love and care of the people of god that the gospel message gained entrance into his life and jesus calls us to have this kind of love for the body as well as uh, for the soul we are called to love strangers and show hospitality to those who are battered and broken by sin the 70 were to heal and proclaim the kingdom of god has come in their midst many would receive uh, christ seeing uh, their word and deed ministry but now jesus also cautions uh, cautions uh, cautions his people that not everyone will receive them this is also a fact and they must uh, accept this fact that not everyone is going to receive them they are going there are going to be some who are going to reject their message in in verses 10 to 15 we see the peril of rejecting it there is a real cost for those who reject the message of jesus jesus uh, says uh, but whatever city you enter and they do not receive you go out into its streets and say the very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you nevertheless know this that the kingdom of god has come near you but i say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for sodom than for that city i think people often think that one of the worst sin which one could commit is murder or is murder or adultery and then if they do not engage in lesser sins like stealing lying and coveting then they have a right standing with god and this is how most people in the world think there are cultures which will pride themselves look at uh, western nations how immoral they are and how righteous we are because we don't do uh, we don't commit uh, these kind of uh, sins but there is a far greater sin than all of these sins all of these sins are sins that it will damn you if you will not repent from your sin and turn to christ but there is a far greater sin than all of these and that is rejecting jesus yes. rejecting the son of the eternal god re- rejecting the son of god is the greater is the greatest sin you can commit that is a greater sin if you reject christ that's the end of it you reject christ you you're doomed for all eternity to hell there are people who say that we do not believe in your jesus but we believe in god you know we believe in a god we just don't believe in your jesus but jesus says in verse 16 that he who rejects me 
rejects the son uh, rejects the one who sent me you cannot have one without the another without the another you cannot come to god without jesus you can have all your good works you may not commit uh, the greater sin like murder or adultery or stealing lying you could be a happy clappy pagan uh, you may you may say that i believe in a god but jesus is very clear that he who rejects me rejects the one who sent me and there is a cost uh, for rejecting uh, rejecting christ rejecting the free offer of salvation which uh, Uh, which comes uh, which which comes through him is the worst possible sin you could commit speaking about the cities which reject his messenger jesus says that it will be more tolerable on that day for sodom than for that city sodom as a city was known for homosexuality and vile passions but jesus is saying that it is it will be more tolerable for sodom than these cities these people could be they may think that they are virtuous yes that they are more holier than others but jesus is saying that sodom you are you you think about that sodom which was vile with all its passion it is more tolerable for that city than for you the disciples had to shake off the dust from their feet as a witness against that city for rejecting the free offer of salvation in deuteronomy chapter 20 uh, there was a specific principle governing warfare uh, warfare with the cities that were uh, that were far from israel moses wrote when you go near a city to fight against it then proclaim an offer of peace to it first proclaim an offer of peace to that city and it shall be that if they accept your offer of peace and open to you then all the people who are found in it shall be placed under tribute to you and serve you now if the city will not make peace with you but war against you then you shall besiege it and when the lord your god delivers it into your hands you shall strike every male in it with the edge of the sword if you reject the offer of peace then every male of the city will be destroyed put to death here rejecting jesus was a declaration re- declaration of war with him it was declaration of enmity with god they were declaring that they had rejected the offer of peace with god which god had offered to them through his son disciples shaking the dust of their feet against those city was their witness against those city that uh, they will be judged on the day of judgment and it will be severe it will be a severe judgment what a tragedy for those who reject the offer of peace what is god offering god is offering peace peace to the world through his son and when they reject him what will they receive it is the wrath of god exactly god's wrath his anger his anger will be poured out on those who reject the free offer of the gospel he offers peace to anyone who receives his son just open their heart open their doors just come to him uh, you don't have to come with any works you don't have to do anything uh, to gain his favor just receive him but there are people cities and nations who reject this offer of peace but woe to those among whom he did many mighty things but still rejected him uh, look at verses 13 to 
These three cities were part of Galilee where Jesus spent much of his time ministering more than two years. We do not read much about Chorazin, another place of the scripture. Uh, but seeing this city mentioned here uh, tells us that Jesus did much more work than what we have recorded here for us in Gospels. And that's what even uh, John uh, in the last chapter of his gospel, uh, he says that if everything was recorded, what all things Jesus, is, Jesus has done, then even the world would not contain it. That's an ex- exaggeration, but that, that means we would have like, I don't know how big our Bible would have been. A big library. We would, we would have been coming here with a library. But here, uh, seeing the name of the city, uh, that means Jesus did mighty works even in Chorazin. Then uh, Bethsaida was a city, city of Philip, Peter, and Andrew. And Jesus had spent uh, much time in these uh, two cities. He did mighty works in, this, in these two cities. Jesus says, woe to these cities, as he had done much of his work in these two cities, but they still rejected him. Even the cities like Tyre and Sidon, <laughs> who were enemies of God in the ancient days, would have repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes, if he had done these works there. Then what about Capernaum? (laughs) This place served as the head office of Jesus. This place was kind of head office for Jesus. Jesus lived in, in this city for a major portion of his time in Galilee. This was the place where he had healed a demon-possessed man while he was teaching in the synagogue. And immediately afterwards, he healed multitudes. This was the place where he had healed the servant of the centurion. He healed multitudes here, multitudes after multitudes. In this sense, the city was exalted to heavens for the Son of God had done mighty things in this city. In the sense that the Son of God lived in this place, done many things here, preached and taught. In that sense, this particular city was exalted to the heavens. But the city rejected him. City rejected him. And how often we find people coming to church week after week, months, years, growing up in church. They're in the church for 10, 15, 20 years, but they turn their back. They turn their back. Uh, go away from him and woe to those who reject him in this manner woe to those woe to those who reject him in this manner they see the work of God in the lives of his people they taste the heavenly gift the power of the age to come they enjoy the fellowship the beauty of the fellowship Christian fellowship uh, the joy and the uh, brotherhood, uh, the, the environment, uh, uh, the family environment, which is there in the church, but they still walk away. They walk away from Jesus. But Jesus says that they will be brought down to hell for rejecting him. They are going to perish. There is nothing out there. They are just going to perish. If you are rejecting him today, then you are warned that you will perish. But let me also tell you that that his offer of peace still remains for you while there is still time. 
while there is still time. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Do not wait for tomorrow. Today, today is the day of salvation. His offer of peace still remains for you. Come to Him. Trust Him. Believe in Him. But what about those? Uh, but what about us who received Him? What about us who received Him? This passage shows us that we need to be continue. We need to continue to be faithful to Him. Continue to be faithful to Him in our witness wherever God places us. Whatever opportunity He gives us, maybe opportunity to travel to Bolivia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our brother just went to Bolivia. Uh, whatever opportunity we have. Redeem that opportunity. Yes. You travel to a new place. You find new people. And they ask you the hope. What is in you? Share Christ with them. If he has called you to lead a, st a small Bible studies among some group, lead that uh, studies faithfully. If he has called you to, to read Bible study with some individual struggling uh, Christian believer or a new Christian, read the Bible with him. If you are uh, called to go visit the shut-in, uh, people those who are sick uh, or people those who are struggling in some manner, then do it faithfully. He calls us to be faithful uh, in our calling of uh, sharing the gospel with every living creature on this world, wherever uh, he places us, whatever uh, opportunity he gives us. Verse 11 shows us that disciples had to shake off the dust from their feet after they were rejected by a city. But then they still had to proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near them. This is the same calling which we have. People are going to reject the gospel. You share the gospel, they are going to reject the gospel. But still we have a responsibility to be a faithful witness of him till the end of this age. May the Lord give us uh, innovative ways uh, to reach out the lost uh, with the gospel of uh, peace. May he, may he show, show us how can we reach more people here in this city? How can we be a good, effective witness? And uh, he has promised to be with us. He has promised to guide us and lead us in whatever we do in his name. He will lead us, guide us, and provide for us. May, may he find us uh, faithful uh, in this task as we pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, your word is truly a light unto our feet, and your word is truly a lamp uh, unto us. Thank you, Lord, uh, that uh, you literally speak to us week after week and you teach us new things. Well, Lord, we pray that uh, we will not uh, waste or we will not uh, uh, reject uh, whatever comes uh, from your word. We will take it to our heart and uh, we will truly uh, bear fruit. We will truly bear fruit uh, for the kingdom. We pray that we will be profitable servant for your kingdom. And uh, when our Lord comes, he would uh, say to us that uh, good and faithful servant, uh, you are faithful uh, with little and I will, I will give you more. So Lord, we pray that you would uh, continue to work in us and you would continue to mold us. 
we ask this prayer in the name of our lord jesus christ amen thank you for joining us if you were blessed by this sermon we invite you to visit us at abqreformed.org where you'll find more information about our ministry we look forward to you joining us again online or in person Until then, may peace, comfort, and grace be given to you through our Lord Jesus Christ.